broadcasting the boys on uh, blogging the boys, Roy White, Ari Temkin on Twitter at RW3. I am on Twitter at Ari Sports. And I mean, we thought today was a game day. Today was supposed to be a game day. Supposed to be the Cowboys and Ravens, but the Ravens played yesterday. So it would not make much sense for them to play two days in a row. Although it would be great for the Cowboys if they're trying to win with RG3 at quarterback. My guess is um, Lamar Jackson will be under center when the Cowboys and Ravens do finally play on Tuesday night. So that should be interesting. Tuesday night football for the Cowboys and Ravens. I am going to guess that Lamar Jackson will be healthy. You're right about that. Uh, No matter what happens with these COVID cases, the NFL has proven after this week that it really doesn't take precedence, uh, player safety that is, over the monetization of the sport. Because we saw almost daily a new Raven testing positive for COVID, and they still – Strap those boys up on a plane, a nice metal tube for two and a half hours. Well, not a two and a half hour flight from Baltimore to Pittsburgh, but you get the idea. Stuck them all together like sardines and flew them up to play a football game. Get on out there, boys. Hey, you know, players might complain about it. Sorry? Players might complain about it, but they're trying to get their money too, you know? I mean, the NFL hasn't had to cancel a game yet. They're trying to get all of those checks from their TV deal. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're losing money anyways from uh, not losing money, but they're losing profits from uh, not having fans. So, no, it's I mean, it's it's the ultimate kind of question of economic need versus safety. And I mean, I don't blame them for choosing economics. Okay, I don't blame them for that. I just want them to be upfront about it and kind of not pretend If, if they were going to play this game anyway. Right even with all the COVID tests surrounding it. Because earlier in the season, they would not have played this game and they would have forced those teams into buys. But because they didn't have buys remaining, if they were going to do that anyway, why not have them play Sunday? They were holding out hope, I suppose, that things would get better. But basically, once you got a positive test Sunday, you had to push the thing back from Tuesday to Wednesday because of this fantastic tree ceremony that NBC put on can't miss the lighting of the Rockefeller tree. That is a staple of American culture. Uh, Now, either way, it's a situation where, I mean, you shake your head and, and yeah, you kind of understand it, but boy, it doesn't, it doesn't always feel right. Uh, Jerry Jones um, went on the fan this week, said a lot of things, some things interesting, some things Mm -hmm. not interesting. Um, speaking of not feeling right, but I'm going to, I'm going to cherry pick one quote in particular from Jerry Jones. Um, and that is the Broncos having to play a wide receiver quarterback weren't any more challenged than when the Cowboys started rookie quarterback, Ben DiNucci at Philly quote. I don't know that Denver had any more of a challenge than we've had with DiNucci or with the young quarterbacks we've had end quote. It's from John Machota. Wow. You, you only don't know that because you, you, you must have not watched a single practice of your football team the entire year like you have claimed to have. <laughs> I mean, Ari, what was your immediate reaction when you read that quote? Oh, he must have not watched the Broncos game. Or that. <laughs> or, I mean, Ben DiNucci was really bad at quarterback. You're the one that drafted him. And even though it was a late draft pick, like you should at least be drafting quarterbacks that 
even if they're seventh round picks and they're FCS, you know, level players, you should at least be thinking about drafting quarterbacks that are NFL ready. Well, I don't think we even need to rewind as far back as the draft, although their decision to draft him, yes, does kind of show they weren't considering drafting the backup wide receiver for the Broncos at any point in time in the draft to even play the position he plays, mind you, wide receiver. They weren't even considering him for that. So they certainly weren't considering him at quarterback. But let's just rewind a couple of weeks ago when in the week leading up to Ben DiNucci having to start for the Cowboys, Jerry Jones was happy to tell us how thrilled he was in the way DiNucci was slinging the football in practice. And boy, doesn't he look like a quarterback. You know, he almost reminds me of a young kid we used to have around here playing behind a veteran by the name of Drew Bledsoe. And he can sling the ball like that. He's got, you know, he, he makes those types of comparisons and he made them. That's right. Then, he, did, he did, didn't he? So to did then, you not look like Romo? To then not be able to compare him or contrast him to a punch returner, backup, 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 backup wide receiver that was forced into playing because your three quarterbacks spent too much time in the same room without a mask and were stupid for doing so. Uh, No, Jerry. No, those are not the same. We are not comparing apples to apples in that conversation at all. The thing is, and I've said this before, Jerry used to say the same things, but I think people were dumber because they had less information available to them. So like he's paint in his career, he's been able to paint things this stupidly, but yet he's gotten away with it because we just one didn't have the X, like we didn't have the same access to information we now have. Like, I hate to say that, but that's the way it feels like he hasn't changed how he's sort of presenting this thing. Like he's just, he's just trying to put a positive spin on it. Like, Oh, you kidding me? We've dealt with the same challenges. No, you haven't. You've not dealt with the same challenges. Are you kidding me? Same. First of all, you had Garrett Gilbert who played against the Steelers who actually looked fairly credible as a quarterback that played quarterback in college and in the NFL. So, yeah, I just think it's, it's part of like, I used to be able to say these things and people believed them. Yeah. Well, the information, the information age has come a long way in the early nineties. He probably knew a lot of things that people did not about the league and others. Now I'm, I'm not arguing that he still doesn't know a lot that most average people don't know. Most billionaires do, but when it comes to the information in and around the league, he is well behind what I believe even the average novice Cowboys football fan understands and thinks about the game of football in 2020. I do think he's well behind in that regard. You're absolutely right. I mean, you think about like, think about the all 22, you know, you could pay a hundred dollars a year and get access to the all 22 for every game. You know, people are way smarter. There's more better access to information and you just can't say the same types of things that people are willing to buy because now people have access to that information. But, uh, but I digress. Um, it, it's, it's a hilariously dumb thing for Jerry to say. And a lot of times Jerry does say interesting and insightful things. This was certainly not one of them. Uh, let me ask you something. Should Mike Nolan lose his job? If the Cowboys fan base has their way, I think he would. Do I think he should lose his job? No, 
only because I really do subscribe to the theory that one season is not enough for a defensive coordinator to try to install a new system with players that he hasn't chosen, right, for the most part, and without a preseason to be able to even install it. Uh, Based on reports around the team, Mike Nolan early on tried to instigate the type of defense that Cowboys fans had been clamoring for and the types of defenses that work in today's NFL. He did try to implement it with the multiple usages of players in different positionings with the, uh, uh, what's the word, either versatility or multiplicity, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It was just the ability to be multiple, play the 4-3, to play the 3-4, to have guys that can play outside and in. And unfortunately, they don't have that. They don't have that. They don't have the horses on defense. So, should Mike Nolan lose his job over not having the horses on defense? No, but he might be the first one on the hot seat going into next season. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I, I think after a season like this, fans want blood. They want somebody to take the fall for it. The Cowboys defense is going to break their all-time record for points given up in a season. They're not going to break the all-time NFL record for it. I feel like that's break. only happening because you keep talking about it. <laughs> and they keep you were, they were in that damn Washington game, okay? They were within four points before hell broke loose. They gave up and 41. Yeah, yeah, but they were close. They were close. But a couple of those that, were on the offense. That might push them closer to doing something like that. But I agree with you. I mean this wasn't going to be a good defense coming into this season, regardless of the type of schemes they tried to run. You know, like the, I think the biggest disappointment was the defensive line, but once Jerome McCoy got injured, I think that changed how good that defensive line could potentially be too, because I wasn't, I mean, it was, I thought, you know, Don Terry Poe might be a nice piece. Maybe, you know, Everson Griffin, I was excited about it. It was definitely, he's been a huge disappointment. He was a huge disappointment, obviously. I was wrong about the whole defense. I thought they would be decent. I mean, we kind of said all they needed to be, and you continued to say it, all they needed to be was decent. Average. You know, league, league average. And I we said if they were competed. average, they'd win a Super Bowl. And they could have competed at that level with oh. Dak leading the offense the way he was. But unfortunately, we were wrong. They weren't average. They weren't even as good as last year, which right. we quite frankly thought was an impossibility. And the two things – the reason for that was the secondary. Like the reason I was like, eh, I don't think this defense would be very good is because they were a bad secondary last year. They lost their best player. So like you had all these fans that were like, oh, they're going to have a good defense because I mean, there's, there's just a bunch of hoping and wishing for these guys. Oh, I mean, Cheeto's going to, it's a new defense. Cheeto will play great in this new defense. Like, mm, no, I think Cheeto is who he is. And I think Jordan Lewis is who he is. And, you know, so, so one, I think, Nolan shouldn't take the responsibility or the blame for how bad the personnel has been. Two, let's not underplay the role the turnovers have played in how bad this defense is, which is not the fault of the defense. Like, and, and that is the biggest contributor to the stat that I keep bringing up, which is that they're going to break the all-time scoring record. That has a lot to do with the offense. That almost yeah. as much to do with the offense as it does the defense. They turn the ball over so much. They have the worst turnover differential in the NFL. Yeah. 
So it's like, but the fact that their defense doesn't create any turnovers either doesn't help. But I, I see your point. I mean, they have the league's leading uh, running back who leads the league in fumbles, which is something we never really thought we would say at any point in time during his career on his way to being a Hall of Famer, which, you know, very early, mind you. He's got a lot longer to go at doing it at this rate. But if he continues to do it at this rate, he's a Hall of Famer. Zeke? And yet, oh, yeah, talking about Zeke. And yet, we're seeing him fumble at an atrocious, uh, really unacceptable rate. Um, I get what you're saying. I think Zeke has topped out. Like I think I think he's hit a ceiling and he's only he's well decline. And and you're probably and you're and you're right. That's why I guess I suppose I, I needed to caveat that. Because if he doesn't do the same thing for another five years, at least, there's no more ter- Terrell Davis is getting into the league, getting into the Hall of Fame because of a couple good years. Right. It will require a sustained amount of excellence. Especially it's actually gonna be one of the hardest positions, I believe, to to really get into the Hall of Fame going forward. Yeah. Even though it's one of the more highest profile positions. So I think we both agree Mike Nolan shouldn't be fired because he didn't really he didn't choose the personnel. This is a bad defense that he's taken over and and maybe he and McCarthy chewed off more than they, you know, bit off more than they could chew in terms of the schematics of this defense. But I mean, they've changed it so much. Like a lot of times coaches get way too much credit and a lot of times coaches get way too much blame. And I think in this case, coaches are getting too much blame. This was not going to be good defense. They have for years missed on draft picks. They have for years completely failed to address needs on defense, jarring drastic needs on defense. And this is, this is the result of that. And that's not Mike Nolan's fault. You can go back and look at some of the defenses that he's run over the years. And I know like that's a stat people bring up. He's, he's preside over bad defenses, but again, like, I just think that's so much like if they have better players on defense, they make him look better period. And um, I, I just, I don't like, I almost think like if you fire Nolan, fire McCarthy, because McCarthy's as responsible for this abomination on defense as Nolan is in terms oh. of the statics of it. And they're obviously not going to fire McCarthy. No, they are not going to do that. Um, Hell, I don't even think there's a possibility that they would do that next season. I think he's got at least a three-year window minimum because when they don't fire anybody at the end of this year, they'll have all those guys as buffers in 2021 in case S really does hit the fan and they decide they got to make a couple changes. It is worth noting, though, as you bring up Mike McCarthy, I did see a statistic about the Green Bay Packers since Mike McCarthy's departure in Green Bay. Do you realize that the Green Bay Packers are 22 and 7 since Mike McCarthy exited an organization that quite frankly many fans believed was not getting the type of production out of the talent that they had and many blamed it on the coaching of Mike McCarthy. Yeah. So how, what do you feel about that? Well, and by the way, it's not just that they're 22 and seven since then. It's that his last few years, you go like the same amount of time. And I mean, they're equally as bad, basically. Like, I mean, six and six, nine and one in his last year and seven and nine the year before that. Yeah. So, wow. 13 and uh, 
13, 17, and one. Guys, 18. 13, 18, and one. Yeah. That is not good. And I don't even look at this Green Bay team like it's that good talent wise, right? You think about this team. Yeah, Devontae Adams has been a freak when he's been on the field. He missed a couple games. They don't have a reliable second wide receiver because Marcus Valdez Scantling and and yet they're getting production. Now, granted, I mean, it helps when you have maybe the greatest quarterback to ever live before Patrick Mahomes came along. But it's a cause for concern for Cowboys fans. I understand why people are now nervous about whether or not Mike McCarthy is the answer. So what do you what do you think about that stat about, you know, what the Packers record is since letting McCarthy go? It's a good, <laughs> really good question. I mean, I do think it's a little bit loaded, right? Like uh, Aaron Rodgers was hurt a little bit of that time with McCarthy uh, there at the end. I remember specifically he broke his collarbone one season, right? Missed almost half or the entire season. Uh, so let's not pretend that that didn't play a role in it. But So Rodgers in 20 – what year is this? 2017, that was the 7-9 and nine year. He played in seven games. I mean, I can't, you can't deny that that was a major part of it. And in this case, in this season, let's also not pretend that if Dak Prescott wasn't healthy, if he was healthy, they'd be running away with this division. They'd have five wins. If everything else stayed the same and Dak Prescott was on this team, they'd have five wins, you know? And, and they would be right in the running. Uh, so all of that, I guess, needs to pump the brakes, I guess, on the – on the fear, on the dread that some Cowboys have fans have about Mike McCarthy. But you have every right to be skeptical. You have every right still to side-eye him as a head coach and to question the type of, of decisions that he has made, especially one in particular where they decided to go for it on a fake punt down by four points in their own territory to basically put the game away for Washington. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Here's the, um, here's the part that I think is really important to bring up when we, we talk about that stat because I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Mike McCarthy's a great head coach. You know, However, I'm going to defend him. The Green Bay Packers in those two years we're talking about here, 
2017, where they went 13, 18, and one. So I mentioned Rodgers in seven in 2017 played in seven games. He, he played in 16 in the six, nine, and one season of 2018. But that defense gave up 400 points. The year before that defense gave up 384 points. After firing Mike McCarthy, the Packers went through a max exodus of old, bad defensive players and replaced them with young, good defensive players. That year in free agency, they went out, they signed Adrian Amos, who's one of the best safeties in football, playing for the Bears. Uh, Wait, they signed Zadarius Smith. Can help you play defense? <laughs> they signed I don't, Zadari- I don't believe that. I don't Zadari- believe that. <laughs> they signed Zadarius Smith. They signed Preston Smith. So, like, the, like that is so important. They, You know what happened? They got a good defense. And they only gave up 313 points last year, which is so significant given that they gave up 400 points in 18, 384 in 2017. That's not, oh, they've got a bad defensive coordinator. That is, they had bad defensive players that were old and bad. They had, you know, I mean, they had Haha Clinton Dix, who's currently not in the NFL, and Clay Matthews, who I also think is not in the NFL. You had and, to start with the guy we gave a rud to, huh? You had to Demarius start. Darius Randall. That we like, thought could do it. So when people bring up that stat about Mike McCarthy, just remind people that after they fired McCarthy, they went out and spent a ton of money to improve the defense, and it worked. And that's the difference. Those teams were so bad, so bad on defense. So you're saying we should have take we should have taken Clavion Chase on. Or Kalevon Chase on. No. no. That's what that's you're saying. No, you're saying we should have gone after defense. You're saying we're wasting money on the offense. You're saying no. Aaron Rodgers only has one wide receiver. We agreed, and he's doing just fine. We got three, and we can't do D. Well, Aaron Rodgers is – Literally. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit different. Dak's really good. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is the, the greatest of all time. Until until Pat came along. Yeah. Pat Pat's certainly barking up that tree, for sure. But, yeah, I, uh, I actually uh, – Wednesday was Aaron Rodgers' birthday. So on my Sirius XM show, we rank the, we power rank on every Wednesday and we power rank the top five teams all time, five, top five quarterbacks of all time. I went Rodgers one, Elway two, um, Brady three, Peyton Manning four, and Joe Montana five. That's mm. my top five. Boy, didn't give Breeze a shake, huh? The touchdown leader. He's good. He's good. I mean, there's, there, I don't know if you know this, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the history. Dan Marino has left off that list. Like, not that many. <laughs> okay. So, so talking about what's, what's tricky is, is the thing about Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos, because so many people now are talking about the draft, of course, because the Cowboys at this point have a top five pick. But I found an article here from Pro Football Focus 2021 free agency, ranking the NFL's top 50 free agents. Okay. Ooh. So I talk draft when we can talk about free agency for the Cowboys. Let's pretend that the Cowboys are going to be willing to spend some money here. And um, the number one, you want to take a guess who the number one free agent is in 2021? Hmm. I mean, I'm going to guess. He broke his foot and has missed the entire year. He broke his, yeah. I mean, that would be deck but obviously he's uh gonna get franchise tag so don't worry about that so their prediction is 
They're saying a second franchise tag would be valued at $37.7 million. Their prediction is the Cowboys are going to sign Prescott to a four-year $150 million contract with 115 guaranteed, 75 fully guaranteed at signing. That'd be 37 and a half per year with 75 fully guaranteed at signing and 115 guaranteed over the course of the contract. Now, refresh my memory. They had already tried 35 and he balked. Yes. 35 a year at five years. So now yes. they're thinking he'll do four because that's what Dak's team originally wanted and split the difference of what he had asked for, what he had reportedly asked for, $40 million a year. I think that's now possible given that he'll be coming off of a broken foot. I wouldn't have thought that was possible before, but he might see his career flash before his eyes this offseason and decide that the security of at least getting a four-year contract and knowing that he'll be a made man for the rest of his life on at least $100 million after taxes, right, or close to. Actually, it probably won't be that close. He'll probably be more like $70, $80 million in taxes. Even still, doesn't matter. He's going to be a made man, and he'll understand that. Although, he's been on himself before, so I wouldn't be shocked. I put it at about 75-25 that he would take a deal like that now versus – risking it again because if he breaks his foot again he probably ain't getting 40 million dollars on the free agent market you're you're right i think a big piece of this is his agent and if his agent signs off on this deal i mean it may look like the cowboys have won a little bit but but i digress Mm. so they're ranking the top free agents basically two three four and five are offensive players including chris goodwin Chris Godwin, excuse me, Allen Robinson, Kelly, and Kenny Galladay. Then Trent Williams is number five. But then number six is Those safety. are the best? Those are the uh, best ones? Best free agents. All right, then they ain't going to be that good. So safety Anthony Harris is number six in this list, one of the best safeties in football from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Anthony Harris interest you at all? I think I'd rather have the safety who got tagged in uh, Denver. Simmons. Justin Simmons, he's number seven. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, personally, I, I mean, the safety position I would love for them to address. So if they got either of the two guys who are thought of as the top safety free agent targets, then I'd be okay with that. But I had my eye on Justin Simmons last year, hoping that the Broncos would let him float out to free agency, and they waited until the last minute to actually tag him. So. I still believe in Justin Simmons. I still have him slightly ahead of uh, the Viking safety that you mentioned. So, yeah, I mean, wouldn't have a problem with either, but uh, I hope they pursue Simmons first, in my opinion, if they do pursue either. They don't, you know, I mean, safety can't help you on defense. So (laughs) I'd rather have a, I'd rather have another linebacker, right? Because linebackers like fix your defense. Okay. I, I, Sure, but I mean, they don't look at me like that. Help. I mean it. I mean it. They certainly could use help at free safety. And Anthony Harris and Justin Simmons are both that. Here's the problem with it Anthony Harris plays with the Vikings, who's their coach? Zims. Justin Simmons plays with the Broncos, who's their coach? Mm. Well, those are defensive minded head coaches. Well, the Broncos head coach, though, may not be their head coach of the future understand and when they do send him away as i kind of expect vic fangio to potentially go this offseason 
a lot of times they'll they'll zag, right? And I think honestly, the hottest name this offseason is probably a name that should have been considered a head coach this past offseason, and that's Bienemy. Uh, or yeah, Bienemy with uh with Kansas City. And I would have to think that Denver having seen having faced him twice this year and going from a defensive coach will look to go the opposite direction, go offensive. And that's where I think he would come into play. And then maybe he might neglect Justin Simmons and his value over offensive weaponry. That's fair. I'm under the assumption that Fangio is still going to be there and that he's going to basically force the Broncos to sign him to a mega deal because he's a really good player, Simmons, and probably should sign a mega deal. But we'll he see. is, and, he, and should. I do agree. Eight is Levante David, linebacker. Can never hurt, right? Can't hurt to have too many great linebackers. We love our linebackers. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't want another line. Like, I don't care. Get him off the oh. scrap heap. Sign him in the sixth round. Let those yeah. guys play. Shaq like, Barrett. Save Shaq money Barrett. at the position. He's 10. Edge rusher Shaq Barrett is 10th on this list. Multiple. Multiple. Uh, outside of that, I mean, you know, are you bringing Alden Smith back? If you are, then you got a place for Randy. You got a place for Alden. You got a place for Tank. Is he going to be your fourth guy? Or do you have a young player in like an Armstrong or somebody already around here that you still want to give a shot to or a guy you, it's probably a lot of money. And they like Darren Armstrong as a, as a, uh, as a corner. They keep lining him up in coverage. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 And Antoine Woods is a linebacker. They got him at dropping in. Kevin Clowney who checks in at 16th on this list. Well, no, because he'll be coming off of an injury, right? I mean, he, Devastating injury, and quite frankly, not a very impactful season with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they they've been playing well without him. Uh, he ain't their best defensive player. He ain't the best player even on their defensive line. That would be Justin Simmons, who is an absolute freak show on the inside, and maybe a position also that the Cowboys have neglected in the past that they should consider trying to find a guy. Um, aren't a lot of great options though this off season, so I understand it. Let me run through some of the other defensive players. Um, so there's then there is Marcus Williams, the safety from New Orleans at 20. Richard Sherman at 21. Um, I mean, Williams. Sherman would be ha- fun to have here. I, like, if they signed him to a decent deal, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, and quite frankly, maybe he would speak up enough. I mean, he'd certainly be. Uh, in a place where his voice would be heard on a weekly basis if he were willing to speak on nearly any subject available. Yeah. I I, I know he spoke out in Seattle. I know he speaks out he in San Francisco. He also still play corner, by the way. He, he's also yeah. pretty, still a pretty good corner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, compared to the guys on this team, I might only say, give me digs, and that's it. Yeah, so, I, I'm with you. Then there's corner William Jackson from the Bengals. I don't want to pay. I don't want to have to pay Sherman a lot of money though. That that's what I think will hang that deal up. Then there's corner William Jackson from the Bengals at 23. Desmond King, the corner um, from the for the Titans, was traded by the Chargers. Yep. Right, and he's kind of been a problem child in a couple places, but I don't know. He looks okay in Tennessee right now, and he seems to be fitting in there. 
I, I would wonder if he gets to free agency, if he finds himself comfortable in Tennessee, if they would lock him up before he would get there. So he may not be one of those that's available. But if he is, probably number three on my radar. So, okay, so we've just made it through a bunch of these players, right? Give me an idea of where you are in terms of right now, looking at this team in 2021. If you could, you know, let's just say reasonably, this team is finally willing to spend a little bit of dough in free agency, which seems outrageous because they don't really do that, but they probably should this off season because their holes on defense are not only going to be fulfilled through the draft. They'd be crazy to think that. So what's your strategy in the draft and what's your strategy in free agency? And, and are you looking at any of these guys or any of these positions and saying, okay, yeah, that's, that's where I want to go. I think the places you can reasonably address to give yourself the best shot to bounce back as quickly as possible is secondary and offensive line. For me, for what this team has, they have some young depth at defensive line. Okay. They have a decent mix of experience to Marcus Lawrence. If they keep Alden Smith around, uh, Tyrone Crawford, depending on what happens. Yeah, I think with they've his got run. decent young depth at offensive line. Well, yes, but, I mean, they also got scary depth in some places that kind of needs to be addressed based on how this season has gone. And quite frankly, you don't know what the future holds for Tyron Smith and his health concerns, Lyle Collins and his health concerns. Are you, right? are you talking about the draft for the offensive line or are you looking at free agency for the offensive line? Well, you asked me, I guess, an off-season plan of attack. And right. so, to me, addressing offensive line and secondary is are the places that I would not only address, I would pack. I mean, I would almost neglect uh, the other positions. You certainly don't need another wide receiver, okay? If you feel like you want a running back for depth, fine, okay? Backup quarterback, we're all going to sign Garrett Gilbert. It's cool. Don't worry about it. All right? <laughs> Defensive line. You know, if you re-sign Alden, you're kind of set there. Linebacker, you know you're kind of set there. with Layden and, and Jalen aren't going anywhere, and the depth behind him, you can kind of just rotate out with a mix of young guys and some cheap veterans. But the place you need to go attack, okay, with a, with a veracity, ferociously, okay, is the secondary. And that's not necessarily to replace those guys. It's just to get as many – competitive bodies as you can because depth at that position is so unlike any other in the NFL and specifically that safety spot. I mean, they don't have a single reliable player in their secondary when Trayvon Diggs is hurt, not one. And I know people are excited about Wilson, but if he was really all that reliable, he would have been out there being reliable. He's a strong okay. safety. He's, I know. I understand. Right. I understand. He's a heavy hitter. He's not. He's not good yeah. in coverage. Right. Either safety has been like, all right, cool that he can hit hard. Like the most reliable defensive player in the secondary over the last three years has been damn near Jeff Heath. Yep. And everybody um, ripped on Jeff Heath. So yes, I want to attack the secondary with as many shots as I can, and I want to attack the offensive line with as many shots as I can. So if that means pursuing Justin Simmons, 
and Desmond King, and perhaps one more corner in free agency, and then addressing the draft and attacking the draft with another corner and say an offensive lineman or two, and then signing an offensive lineman after the draft for depth or veteranship. That is how I want to see this offseason go. And I I do not care if they go wide receiver, running back, or anywhere else. I don't need it. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't know that I'm as convinced by the offensive line as you are, but what I will say is about going after it. You feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I I would just rather like just asset after asset after asset on defense. And really I I'm okay with any position, but certainly like I think you throw a bunch of money at Justin Simmons. I mean, you need a playmaker in the back end of your defense. And here's the thing that that is my ultimate takeaway here. You like Simmons over Harris too? Yeah. Okay. Here's my ultimate. Here's my ultimate takeaway here. If there's one good thing to come out of this season, aside from a top five pick, it is that the Cowboys had this idea that they could fortify their defense enough through the draft was rubbed in their faces. Because for years, they've neglected these positions in free agency. They've put draft assets towards some of them, but have neglected to show that those guys aren't capable of picking up the slack. Cheeto and Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown and the two sixth-round picks that you drafted at safety, this is not good enough to be a professional football team. That's my hope that will be the good that comes of 2020. This team finally understands from an organizational standpoint what they've been trying to field on their team in those positions is not good enough for where they want to go. Well, I hope you're right, but there's nothing in their history that suggests that this is going to be the offseason where they decide those positions matter. So I'm hopeful, you know, as you see behind me. Well, it doesn't quite read as joy because it's backwards, but it does say joy. That's Roy White on Twitter, rdub3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Of course, make sure to check out my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Ari Sports. And Roy, you're the best. Appreciate you. Why don't you leave the people with something? Hey, thanks, brother. Don't forget to also check out Ari on the pregame show for Tuesday's game. He'll have the pregame show with them, and then he'll do the postgame show on 105.3 The Fan. Pre-game on 105.3 The Fan, of course, home of, the, home of the Cowboys. And then they'll do a post-game show with me like two days later. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Get your Christmas trees up, y'all.